you want, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 4. This whole affair that we've entered into, it's a lot simpler, I think, than what a lot of theologians and make it. We started out with one simple concept. Don't eat of one tree and you will be blessed forever on this earth. That didn't work out. The tempter found his way in and we fell into temptation and we found that this man was corruptible. And we went through a season after that of there was no law, there was no regulation. And the world became very wicked. But one man found something of God that no other man in the earth could find. God found, or Noah found the grace of God. And man was given another opportunity to declare his dominion and do what was right. And we go through a long process of people doing whatever they want. There is no law. There is no regulation. There was nobody to tell you that you were committing adultery. There was nobody to tell you that you were lying, stealing, and cheating, and that was all wrong. So we go through a long time of man just being able to basically go right back into his carnality and declare his dominion over this world. And yet we find one man that we have record of. I'm sure that there was others, but this one man named Abraham that by faith found God. And God called him out. He had to do things that seemed crazy to a lot of other people. And we find that even somewhere in our culture, in their culture, that there were some things that people had deemed not to be good. Being with another man's wife, you remember he said, this is my sister, a couple times he went through that. And she was his sister, but we found that it wasn't the whole truth. And, and by his choices, he brought calamity to other people. Um, so, coming about many, many years later, the people are called out of slavery. And that wasn't the life they thought it was going to be to the point that they cried all the time, we want to go back. And sometimes we do the same thing. We forget what God delivered us from. We forget what kinds of things God has set us up for. We forget the power and the anointing that's on our life. The authority in God that each and every one of you have this morning. We forget about that. And we want to go back to eat onions and garlic instead of eating steak and potatoes. Amen. Instead of having some cherry pie. Come on now. Instead of being in the land of many. Amen. We want to go back to the land of wanting. I remember some of the places that I came from. And I'm going to tell you, I do not want to go back there. I ain't going back unless you take me kicking and screaming. I'm going to declare the victory of God every step of the way as I move forward in my life. Amen. And when the tempter says, well, maybe it wasn't so bad back then or back in that situation, I say, I'm going to tell you something. I haven't forgotten that situation. I haven't forgotten what I was delivered from. I haven't forgotten what I sent my knees down, and I started to pray, and I started to cast out those things which were about and had me dragged down to this God-forsaken idea 
that the devil could deceive me into thinking it was good that wasn't good because I looked and I saw righteousness's eyes and I said that is the way that I need to go amen they forget about the manna can't forget about the manna that's why we come in here and we have those side those processes services that you get to testify amen that you get to declare what God's done for you. Why? Because you overcome by the power of your testimony. Just like David when he stood before the king and he said, but I killed a bear and I killed a lion. So I know I can kill this giant in the name of the Lord. This uncircumcised Philistine is going to fall in the name of the Lord. Amen. Come on. Sometimes you got to stand up in your own living room and you got to look in the mirror and you got to say, <laughs> Whom do you believe in, brother? Come on, or sister. I, for me and my house, I shall call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. We're going to serve him. We shall not serve another. Amen. He's going to deliver you out of this calamity that you probably got yourself into. Amen. Because that's what grace is all about. So we walk in the dispensation of the law. Amen. Now all of a sudden they got moral conduct. So what do they have to do? They have to start sacrificing. Right away. Because they know what they're doing is wrong. Because they've been told these are wrong things now. But God said, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. All the way back to Adam and Eve, there was a promise of a deliverer. They thought it was this person or that person. But thanks be to God, came a man that changed the whole world, the whole idea of what religion could be. He turned it into a relationship. He turned it personal. He turned it into something that religion cannot comprehend. Your rules, your regulations, your ideas, they can't comprehend it. They will drag it down. And yet here we are, several thousand years later, still having a hard time grasping the concept of grace. Grabbing the concept that if you get into the first chapter of John, you'll find that grace is not just a thing. It is a person. It is Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. Amen. He's the truth, full of grace. Amen. It is God himself manifested in the flesh that is the grace. Amen. People have a problem when I say God has forgiven you of your sins. You did commit the sins you are committing the sins you're going to commit. Well, I got news for you. When his blood came down off of that, your sins were already in the future, every single one of them. Amen. The law says you can't get back up. The law says you are down. And there is no point in getting back up because you're nothing but filthy rags. But Jesus Christ says, I've cleansed you. You're not a filthy rag. You're a saint. Amen. You're all saints because I cleansed you. And the power of God is that mighty this morning. Amen. That it cleansed you. I don't get it either. I don't understand how he could cleanse me of such corrupt things. How in my flesh at one moment I can just in a twinkling of an eye split to the other side and crawl back into my carnality. And how difficult it is to make myself stand before that mirror and say, you're a saint of God. And he wants to say, you hypocrite, you ain't no saint. That's what he wants to say. People don't even know what a hypocrite is. They have no conception of what that really means, what a hypocrite really is. So they define it with everything, with the least little bit of thing that you want to do. But I'm going to tell you something. They better start worrying about their own salvation. It tells you to seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. And you better not be looking at the guy next to you because he ain't going to save you. He ain't going to cleanse you. He ain't going to help you get up and walk away. I have news for you. There is nobody in this room or out there in that world that has inside of them what you need to move forward in your life and to conquer the things you do. 
But this I will tell you that if Jesus Christ lives inside of you, you are equipped with everything that you need. It's already inside of you. And you better look inside and say, Lord, I need you to get a hold of this spiritual man and help me to walk forward. It's all inside of there. It has nothing to do with the person next to you, the person down the street, this pastor, that pastor, this person, that person, whatever. It has only to do with the relationship with you and Jesus Christ. Everything inside of you that you need to conquer whatever is in this world, whatever's going to come your way, whether it's spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, health, I don't care what it is, it's already sitting right inside of you, amen? So don't sit there and say, I'm waiting for so-and-so to come and do this for me. I'm waiting for so-and-so to come and do that. Oh, Lord, send this, send that, send this person. I got news for you. God doesn't need a person to bless you. God doesn't need anything. Because I'm going to tell you something. On the first day, he said, let there be light. And there was. Amen. He said, let the plants come up forth. And there was. By his word, his spoken word, it happened. Amen. And he said something that's been in motions for thousands and thousands of years. It ain't stopped creating. We're finding new species all the time that are being created. His word goes forth and does exactly what it's supposed to do. Amen. So if we're going to make it through this thing, we have to look on to Christ as the chief cornerstone, amen. He's the one that's going to deliver you, 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 and you, and you, and you. And he's already put it inside of you. But you're going to have to believe that. You're going to have to believe in him. You're going to have to believe in the one that suffered and died for you, amen, and rose again on the third day in conquering victory, amen. Come on. Give him a shout this morning. As he says, I'm going to move on each and every one of you. I'm going to move into your lives. Amen. Yes, there's going to be stuff coming your way. The devil's going to do whatever he wants to do. Going forth like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And just as I stood one Sunday, and I said, let the devil come. Because I have God on my side. Amen. Everybody looked and said, oh, oh, you got scared? You want to be scared, buddy? You are in the hands of a living God that created that devil, that created everything out there. And either his word is true and his word is righteous or he's a liar. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If it comes between two people lying, either God or you, I'm picking you. Amen. As I believe and trust on him. I believe that he said that whatever Satan tries to do to me, he shall rise up against him. A standard against it. And he has in every aspect of my life. Sometimes I'm not as patient as I'd like to be with it. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I do hit the mark. Sometimes I don't. But that's where his grace comes in. Sometimes I'm 30. Sometimes I'm 60. Sometimes I'm 100 and I'm on it, amen. And I'm just right there with God. And everything I touch just starts to prosper. Everything that I do, it starts to go forth and spring and do what it's supposed to do, amen. Sometimes I'm just a 30 man. Come on now. Well, you see, here's the thing. When I'm the 30, he's the 70 that walks in and he takes over and gets the victory, amen. He grabs the flag for me. He says, here it is, Brother Dave. We're getting to the top of this. We are going to conquer this, amen. Amen. Well, it doesn't prove itself. That's just crazy. That's nuts. People say, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to believe. Brother, I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to sit at the house <laughs> and wait for the blessings. Go on faith. I got news for you, brother. If your faith don't work with a job, it ain't going to work without a job. Amen. Come on. Come on. If your faith don't work with going out there and putting your hands to something, why does the Word of God say, let each man use his own hands to do something? Why? So you got something to bless somebody else, amen. You're never going to be have that blessing. He doesn't want you to always be needy. He doesn't want you sitting at the bottom of the barrel saying, oh, help me, help me, Lord, deliver me from this. He wants you to be on top of the mountain with him saying, I've got a blessing here, brother. You can have this and you can have that, amen. Come on, because I'm overflowing. Overflowing, my cup's so overflowing. Oh, come on, come on. I got more money than I know what to do with, amen. I got more love than I can give out, amen. My family tells me I got to get out of the house and go give my love to everybody else because I ain't got, I got so much, amen. Come on, come on. 
Cut them more. Bless the Lord. Cut them more, she come on. It's the way you got to go into a new year, amen. Come on. You're going in that new year believing. Oh, casting those things which are behind you, behind you. Reaching out for those things which are in front of you and grab a hold of them, amen. Come on now. <clears throat> Woo. See if we can maybe get into some of this word here. <laughs> Amen. So now this grace thing. That's what grace does is right there. Amen. That's what grace does. Grace don't lock you down. Amen. And we don't understand it all. And as I read these words that my wife somehow got a hold of my notebook and took notes down, and I know it was I that said it. I remember saying it. But <laughs> she, she didn't have to write it down. <laughs> the hardest thing is, and we challenge, we're challenged by this, and because of our flesh, we're not 100% on it, but the idea that grace... Is perfected when you demonstrate grace, when grace has come through you. And that's hard. Whew. Because you gotta have just, just in there. And we don't always understand just. We don't always understand why God whispers in your ear, give that person some grace. But then I've had other people. You, you, the problem is, is there's no science, there's no exact quantitative thing to this anymore. That's the problem. That's why, that's why, that's why you have ministries that have a hard time with it, and you have people because before it was very simple. Ten rules that I can make six hundred and thirteen more rules out of, and as long as you follow all these, you're good. <laughs> well, you got a checklist. Yeah. As long as you don't forget them. I guess if you forget them, they don't count. You didn't know. <laughs> Maybe you could play that card. Maybe that's 614 rule that they never got written. If you forget any of these and accidentally do them, it doesn't count. There we go. Um, <laughs> get out. Yep, there we go. <laughs> but now, all of a sudden, you get into... Brother, I don't know why you just don't... You, why don't you give that person that $100 bill over there? They need it. You got one. Amen. Why, why aren't you over... Why aren't you over doing this for Joe? Or over for Kenny? And uh, why don't you got your shovel out over helping him dig that ditch this afternoon? Um... I don't know why you just don't give everything you got to the church. You need to sell your home and just give it all. Give give everything your car. You don't need none of that anyways. We're all gonna die eventually, and and you need to give that all away. Church appreciates it, and you'll be blessed. Okay. Just send your money. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it is the church's address right now. So <laughs> the board explicitly says how to give. You're supposed to give as you have so purposed in your heart. You're not supposed to give because I think you should give. You might step in God's way. That's your problem. I see a lot of people, they think, well, they're, they sometimes let their compassion go just a little too far. And they forget to say, Lord... Is this a blessing or a curse? Because I'm going to tell you something. I can give a million dollars to some people, and it's a blessing. I can give a million dollars to other people, and it's a curse. They'll kill themselves and everybody else around them before it's over with. <clears throat> That's just what happens. And I don't know what, you know, God only knows those people. 
And sometimes God's working on something. I've been there. I said, Lord, I could give them some money. He says, no, you ain't giving them no money. That's my job. I'll take care of that. Now, there's been other times the Lord has said, well, give them something. I'm thinking, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> and then I got to give. But that's how I've purposed in my heart to give. I didn't give it begrudgingly. I didn't give it because Joe down the street said I had to have it. Ain't no different than that and then receiving the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. I've seen this before. Trying to talk somebody and just, just, just coaxing them into it. If you're patient, it'll come when it's ready to come. If you diligently seek it, you're going to receive it. If you want it and prayer is offered, come up and get prayer. Heck, come up and ask for prayer every service if you want it. It's just like your calling. So many people I've seen called. And you get people trying to push them into their calling. Push them into their calling. Quit pushing on these people. That's not what they need. They need to know it. <clears throat> One step at a time. I wasn't pushed into my calling. I got up and I talked one morning. And things came out of my mouth. I had no idea what that was all about. Didn't know what the word anointing meant. Didn't know nothing. And it started. And I remember the first time that I went someplace and preached. One thing happened after another. One door opened and I, okay, I'll walk through that door, walk through that door. And I looked up and I thought, all these people came here to see me preach. <laughs> Maybe this is for real. <laughs> yeah, but at that time, didn't know. I was still stretching that out. It says to test the spirits of God. See if they be. And it's timing sometimes. I've seen people told that they're going to do things. And they probably will. If the prophecy was true, it will happen. But this may not happen today because you think it's going to happen today. You get, I mean, so many times that we've seen... For example, there's one example in this room. I'm going. Can I use you? You going? Okay. He was prophesied over. He's going to preach. He's going to minister. Now I don't know what we don't know exactly what that means. We have, we don't really know. You may think you know. God may give you a piece of, but you don't have all of it. I promise you. As a person, the first person that's going to get all of it on this planet is this one right here. We don't know what that means, and that may be one sermon. He might get up and preach one big sermon and a thousand people get saved or something. You don't know. Amen. You don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But it's going to happen. There's going to be a time. There's going to be a season. Probably not even expecting it. And all of a sudden, something happens. And the Holy Ghost rises up in him and he does something. And we think, well, that's what it was. We ain't got to push these things. Amen. You don't push this, people. Let them come into it because here's the reality. If you can push them into it, somebody else can push them right back out eventually. That's what happens. And then we put on them more than what they're supposed to have too quick, just like Brother Christopher was talking about this morning. Get more than what bargained for. And then wonder why, well, that's failing. Well, you need to take some patience come into whatever you're coming into and doing whatever you're doing. There's a time to push it and there's a time to wait on it. Amen. Let's try to get some of this word in. I was going to go for the full chapter, but we'll see what happens here. First section of this, unity of faith, or the unity of the Spirit, sorry. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. It's pretty broad, isn't it? It's rough on things like that when you say walk worthy. Well, what Kathy may think you walking worthy in your calling may be a little different than what the next guy thinks. It's rough, isn't it? <clears throat> with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, 
Heck, that word there is a rough one. The word love. We use it for so many contexts. Good thing we got some adjectives here, so we really have a problem with that word. We won't be able to describe it. Um, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It ain't always easy. Paul got down to the church of Corinth and he said, one time, wouldn't it be better just to say you're wrong and go on, whether you are or not? <laughs> Sometimes it gets to that point. And I've done it in my life. Okay, I'm wrong. There's some things you got to stand up for. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes there's some things that just ain't worth arguing about. Ain't worth talking about no more. <clears throat> there is one body, one spirit, even as you are called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. <clears throat> it's just one God that speaks many different things to different people. The same Jesus that Brother Bill has is the same Jesus that I have. But because it's personal, we have a little different relationship. Jesus is still the same person. But it's no different than you take all of your kids. Each kid you have a different relationship with. And I know I know, um, Brother Bill. He's getting picked on a lot this service. <laughs> and, and now Brother Kenny, he knows Brother Bill. And Teresa here, Sister Teresa, she knows Brother Bill. But our relationship... Even though these two are even married, their relationship with this person, it's different. It's the same person, same principles, same man, same ideas. But all three of us have a different relationship with him. And some are even, some are even on different levels. You know, that's his brother. He, he's more intimately involved with him than I am. And probably even her. But she's probably more intimately involved with him than I am. More closer is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but she's closer. Well, she's been around Brother Bill. She's been around Brother Bill for a long time. And she knows him differently than I do. It doesn't mean that my relationship is any less value. It just means it's different. It's a different perspective. And just as your relationship with Jesus Christ is different. And I'll never forget a minister told me one time. said, because you're a minister, you're going to feel differently about the church than what most people are going to feel. And as a pastor, I know that I feel more differently about the people than what most of the other people feel. And as the church as a whole, as the body. But it's still all the same church. We're all still the same people. We're just in a different place with the same thing. The same thing with Christ is that we're all in a little different place, going through different things. Some's trying to figure this religion thing out. Some's trying to just keep a hold to the end. <laughs> but Remembering how in the world then can we come to a unity in that? There's only one way. That's that Jesus Christ is the center. Is that we revolve what we're doing around Him. It doesn't mean we're always going to agree. Part of growing up and maturity is being able to disagree about something. And accept that. I ain't going to agree. Some things that I see, it should be this way. And you're going to see things that should be this way. <clears throat> so somewhere in the middle of that, we've got to be able to find those things that are in Christ to keep our unity together as we go through this next new year.
And remembering that it's still all the same Jesus. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of times that I felt between Tabitha and I, she's got a different Jesus than I got. <laughs> but Jesus is dealing with me differently than what Jesus is dealing with her. She's dealing with something that's different, even though it's similar to what I'm doing, or it's even maybe the same thing. But she has to deal with it in a different way than what I'm dealing with it. And sometimes I don't like that. I think the world would be a lot simpler if everybody did it my way. <laughs> but that's not why God, that's not the way that God made us. He made us in such a way that as happening to interact with each other, that we have to grow. Or else, I'm going to tell you what happens. The reality is, is the other side is if you do not grow, if you do not make that step, then that's when separation starts to happen. The ministry gifts. <clears throat> but unto every one of us is given grace. So that's everybody. According to the measure of the gift of Christ... You have every ounce of grace inside of you that you need to make it to where God wants you to get to go. And I, you hear me talk like that a lot because I don't give specifics. Very few times do you get specifics unless they're in prophetic form. But I don't know what you're going through. I don't know exactly what you're doing. But I do know this, that there's enough grace inside of you to get through whatever you need to get through. And just as Paul, Paul wasn't no different. He sat one day and said, Lord, just get this away from me. Whatever this infirmity is, whatever he had, we, we speculate. It doesn't matter what it was. And when the Lord's response was, my grace is sufficient. Wow. For what? Anything. Anything that you're coming up against, His grace is sufficient. It may not feel that way, but we're not moved by what we feel. We're moved by what we believe. Because we got into this thing by faith, right? <clears throat> Wherefore, He has said, when He ascended on high, He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, that he ascended, what is it, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Bottom line is, he robed himself in the flesh and he came down here. And he had to take care of some business that we couldn't do on our own. Okay? And by doing all that, when he ascended on high, he gave us gifts. And I believe the gifts are unnumberable. We try to put a number on them because of these minister gifts, ministering gifts. And just because you do or do not have a license does not mean that these gifts are out of your touch. I believe that the grace of God, according to the word, is inside of you and you have all that you need. And I've been there. I've been on job sites where people want prayer and they want it right now. Or they want prayer and I say, well, I'll just give it to you right now. <laughs> All those things. And you've all, there's probably not a person in here that has not done something similar. Somebody, they've seen a need and the Lord revealed it to you and say, pray for that person. Let's just do this right now, amen. Because you have that power inside of you. Brother Dave ain't the only one with the Holy Ghost in this room, amen. I'm not the only one with the power to raise the dead, heal the sick, set the captive free, amen. I'm not the only one that can fast and pray and reach the throne of God, amen. Each and every one of you, I am no better than any of you in here, amen. Everything that I can grab a hold of in Christ, you can grab a hold of too. Now, it may come in a different manifestation in a different way, amen. Whether it's financially, spiritually, mentally, Physically, it doesn't matter. All things are yours. That's the word of God. All things are yours. Are you going to believe those things are yours? Now, we don't think it's fair 
It's somehow just, but it ain't fair. Sometimes, Brother Bill, pray for something. Oh, Lord, I need a... I need $20,000 to go buy this new truck. <clears throat> and the next thing you know, somebody come by. Lord, the Lord just told me to bless you. Here's $20,000. Here you go, brother. I'll get down on my knees and I say, Lord, I need a $20,000 blessing. Go buy that truck. Okay, here's some work for you to go do. <laughs> but it's what you find out. When you went to go do the work, it wasn't really about the money. There's somebody else there. There's something else there. God was getting you in a position. He got a desire inside of you. You wanted that new truck. And it's okay to have a desire for something like that. As long as that desire does not get above God. It's all right to want things. You should want things. You should want better. You should want to do better. It's okay. There's a lot of church community that don't. They want to keep poverty sitting right on top of you so you can't get out of it. And that's, that goes against everything with the Word of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but bless God, He wants to bless you and His... Pastor Mary says, he never just blesses one person through it all. He always multiplies the blessing. If he blesses me through work, and people sometimes forget in this society, work's a blessing. To be able to put your hands and to do something and to create something, whether it's by a keyboard and a mouse or by physically doing something, it doesn't matter. But to put your mind towards something, you're not just creating something just for the sake of it, but you're creating something for somebody. You're doing something that's going to go down the line. You're doing something for your community, your society, to start off with. And then the crazy thing is, is you get blessed. You get a check. Amen. And then you get to go blessed with that as well. So you blessed. You say, I want to be a blessing. You blessed somebody with something that you were a part of making or creating or doing or service. You blessed them. You got blessed. And now you're going to take that blessing and you're going to go bless the grocery store. Amen. You laugh about it. That's somebody's job. Somebody in there needs a blessing too. Amen. Somebody work. Kroger's, they need you to come through and buy some groceries so they can be blessed. Amen. Because if you ain't there buying and they got to close down the store, then they're not blessed. Amen. And then they're going to take that and they're going to go buy them a new car. Amen. And somebody's getting blessed. A whole bunch of people get blessed. A whole factory full of people start to get blessed that had a part of making that car. Amen. So when you go purchase those things, you're not just purchasing it for yourself, but you're being a blessing when you start to understand that. So bless God that he did what he came to do. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. So these are some of the gifts that he gave. And, of course, Paul's mainly addressing the ministry at this point with his letter that he's writing. And now, we weren't given these gifts to prophesy just over ourselves. We weren't giving the, these selves so that we could sit up here on the pulpit and just enjoy all of the presence of God during service. We were given these gifts that we could be a blessing and a giving to whatever our calling has been appropriated with. And sometimes we expect people to do things that they shouldn't be doing. Well, he's the pastor. He should do this, he should do that, and he should do that. I'd like to see that big long list of what I really should be doing and should not be doing. <laughs> 
Everybody has an opinion. But I found it common or good practice to do what God tells you to do. Because you want to know something? Whenever I get to that gate, you're not the one holding the key. Amen. And let me tell you something, I'm not the one holding the key when you get there either. That's going to be the one that you've had this relationship with the whole time. That you'll finally get to see face to face. That he'll look and say, enter thy good and thy faithful servant. Amen. All right. So the purpose of the gifts, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's whether in the church, out of the church, in the job, out of the job, wherever it is that you are, vacation, it doesn't matter. Wherever you're at, that you use these gifts for edifying the whole body. That encompasses people that you have no idea serving God, searching for God, and doing things for God, and, and whatever, wherever. And that's a hard, broad spectrum. But that's why this thing has to have that personal relationship. That's why you have to be able to hear the voice of God. That's why it's important that this is not some religious thing that you got a hold of. Because I can make religion out of anything. Religion's putting your pants on. Right foot first, left foot next. If you do that every time, you're religious. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem is that people get into this thing with Jesus and they try to do something that they did the first time and it don't work the second time it's a close situation maybe the same situation but what you did that time ain't what God wants you to do this time you gotta listen and I've been there well, this worked a hundred times before, but it ain't working now. It ain't going to work. He wants me to do it this way, even though it don't make no sense. I've been there. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part marketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance of that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. So Christ isn't any of those things. That's not what we teach. That's not what we stand in for. It's pretty simple. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him. By who? Who's him? By Jesus. That's the funny thing is that no longer shall you go nigh to a neighbor. I come in and I preach the word. If it doesn't have any anointing power in the word at all, then what good was it? Was it really sent by God? It needs that anointing because that's what speaks to your soul. That's what makes you excited. 
or sometimes makes you say, I need to do this or I need to do that. Maybe what I'm doing ain't right. But it only comes by the Spirit. If it comes by the Spirit, then you were chastened by the Lord, not by me. So if it didn't chastise you or grab a hold of you, then just skip over it. That wasn't for you. That was for somebody else. It might have been for the preacher. And so be it that he have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That ye put off concerning the former conversations, the old man with its corruption, with its corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Now, as we go into the new year, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We have to constantly renew our minds. Our mind is the first place it slips. It always does. It always starts with a thought. There was never an affair that didn't start with a thought. It didn't just happen. <laughs> okay? It kind of goes something like this. Why don't you go get me a cup of coffee? I can get you a cup of coffee. What do you want a cup of coffee for? Because I want to watch you walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it starts. Anything you walk into, it starts with a thought. The first place that, that starts that Lucifer can work on you, or the devil, whatever you want to call him, is evil, all the evil imps, all the ones that, that are out for your soul, and they're there. That's how they start. If they can give you a thought. And don't think that they're not there. Have you ever just been driving along? And all of a sudden you drive through somewhere and all of a sudden thoughts start to come to you. Thoughts that aren't your thoughts. That's the demonics that are around you. That's the demonics that are throughout that area roaming to and fro seeking whom they may devour. And I've been there. I've walked into certain places, and I'm like, those are not my thoughts. That is not what I'm thinking about at all. <laughs> and you can't, what do you do with those? You cast those thoughts to Christ. <clears throat> i got to find my spot. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And yes, you can walk in the holiness of God. If you truly renew that mind to yours, you can walk in the holiness of God. As a flesh man, no, you don't deserve it. But as a saint of God and cleansed by his blood, by his righteousness, he's made you righteous and he has justified you before God. You walk in his holiness. Amen. Wherefore, putting away, lying, speaking, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one to another. Now remember, he's talking to believers here. So you do have the availability of accessing that carnality and doing these things. And he sees that. But he says, we want you to grab a hold of those things that are spiritual. Be ye angry, and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And then underline this next verse. Neither give place to the devil. Don't let him have a foothold. So many times we walk into situations... And we give him the foothold. We let him have it. We say, here, <laughs> take it. <laughs> Go ahead. Just, just get your spurs right in my side and ride me all the way down through this thing, no matter how painful it is, instead of telling him no. And it's hard sometimes. We make decisions. Sometimes you've got to back off of a decision. That's even harder at making a decision and saying the decision was wrong and then trying to get back out of it. That's even worse to try to get out of. But if you don't, and you let him get a foothold on you, he will ride you all the way through, and he'll take you through a storm that you don't want to be in. Amen. <laughs> let him that stole 
steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may be that he may have to give to him that needeth. It's important. Work comes from the Bible. And there's all different kinds of work. There's working in the home. There's working in a job. But an idle person doesn't do any good. You got to be out, active, doing things. Um, somewhere, doing something. I know me, I get idle in the house, and my wife's ready to throw me out. <laughs> <laughs> Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that if it that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. Thank God. But all bitter, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and glamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I did make it through it. Bless God. You won't have to. I guess it'll be, I guess the Lord will want to do something else on New Year's Eve. <laughs> it won't be that. As we go into this new year, we're going to have a lot of adversity. I'm not preaching something in that just ain't there. We're going to have to put ourselves down a lot. It's hard. Self gets in the way of so many things. I know that in my business, with a business partner, it's every week that we remind ourselves that this isn't about him and him's feelings and me and my feelings and always how I would do it, how he would do it, but this is about authentic homes, is what he and I are coming together about. And when we come together, it's about Yeshua Tabernacle of Praise. It's about what it's going to do. It's about what it's going to have happen with it. It's about its importance to the community. It isn't about how I always feel about things. Sometimes it ain't going to be how I think. But praise be to God, if we keep God in the middle, His grace is sufficient to get us through this. Amen? Praise the Lord.